Welcome to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. We give you the advice you need to know to make investing safe and profitable. With The Bull and the Bear podcast, you'll get exclusive access to some of the top thinkers, analysts, advisors, and gurus in the investment business. And now for your hosts, Matt Clark and Charles Sizemore. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Clark, research analyst with Money and Markets here with your weekend edition of The Bull and the Bear. Now, before we start, first off, I do want to make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. Uh, if you're listening to this as, a, as an audio podcast, you can go over to YouTube, type in uh, Money and Markets in the search bar. You'll see our green Bull and Bear logo and make sure you uh, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell as well. You get notified each and every time we put up a new video. Also, um, you know, after, after you're done watching this video, you might want to head over to moneymarkets.com. Uh, that is kind of our flagship. That is the mothership, if you will. Uh, every day we provide you safe sound, smart, simple, profitable investment information from myself, from Chief Investment Strategist Adam O'Dell, Green Zone Fortunes co-editor Charles Sizemore, uh, the rest of our team. We all work very hard to make sure we give you that information each and every day, including Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, and when you are on the website, make sure you do check out and sign up for our free daily e-letter. You'll get all that information uh, sent to you, all that news and, and content sent to your inbox every day for Free. So now I'm going to move on with today's podcast. And uh, today I'm going to bring in uh, Greens of Fortune's co-editor, Charles Sizemore, because he actually uh, is pretty well versed in this. Uh, bet between the two of us, I think we've got uh, a pretty good handle on on the tech sector, uh, along with Adam O'Dell. But um, I, I want to kind of flash back a little bit. Um, remember back in, in June of 2018, um, you know, after going through a, 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 almost a two-year-long court battle with uh, the Department of Justice and the Trump administration, uh, AT&T uh, came out victorious, finally closed its $85 billion acquisition of Time Warner. Uh, it's, it was a, a battle with the Justice Department. The, the Justice Department levied antitrust concerns uh, after requests for AT&T to divest from either Turner Broadcasting or DirecTV, which were part of Time Warner, uh, were basically rebuffed. Uh, AT&T said, nope, we're not going to do it. We're going to keep it all. Uh, DOJ wasn't happy with that, so they wanted to take it to court and try to force the matter. But a federal district court judge uh, said the DOJ didn't really prove uh, that customers were going to pay more for services uh, or that rival companies were going to be charged more to host Time Warner content uh, if the deal was completed. So you have to go ahead. That's 2018. Uh, the deal gave AT&T access to Time Warner's entertainment library. That included TNT, uh, TBS, CNN, not to mention HBO, in addition to Warner Brothers, the movie theater, the movie company that, you know, produces movies year in, year out, blockbusters all the time. Uh, it created kind of a mega entertainment slash telecom company. And now we fast forward to May 16th of 2021. AT&T said that it was merging its Warner Media assets with Discovery, creating a new spinoff standalone company. And under the terms of the deal, AT&T is going to get about $43 billion in cash and debt. Uh, and basically, it's going to undo the merger that AT&T fought two to three years with the government to make happen. Kind of a head scratcher to be sure. If nothing else, it's kind of a far cry from when AT&T officials said that Time Warner was, quote, a perfect match uh, back in 2016 when the original merger was announced. One thing is certain, the news has really not been kind to AT&T stock. Uh, if you look at the stock chart for AT&T, uh, the, the stock chart was actually on a nice upward trajectory until all of this. Since then, it has found the quickest way to the downside that I have seen a stock in a long time, probably since the March 2020 Corona crash. I haven't seen a stock fall this far, this fast since then. And it really didn't help that AT&T said it was going to resize its dividend payment after the spinoff of, of the Warner Media is complete. By the way, that's expected to come sometime in 2022 
if the deal is approved. Now I'm going to bring in Charles Sizemore. He recently wrote a piece on moneyandmarkets.com related to the AT&T dividend. Uh, we'll talk about that, but I want to break down this deal and kind of see what lies ahead for AT&T, this new venture, and what it all means for investors. Charles, first off, welcome to the weekend edition of the, of the Bull and the Bear. Uh, glad, uh, glad you could join us. Uh, and I'm going to just start right off. Clearly, it seemed like AT&T here bit off way more than it gets you in 2016. But what really happened to push this deal uh, with Discovery to happen? Well, first, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pick on one little point resize the dividend. That, that's, a, that's a really nice way to say cut. Yes. Oh, well, for sure. <laughs> Re, resize. Like, yeah, I would really hate it if my paycheck got resized uh, the way they're talking about it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so the, uh, this divestor, you look at this and the first question that pops in your head is, who is who's running the ship right now? This is, this is crazy. Like, you, you just bet the farm on this major acquisition, this major merger, you were going to be a media company with the, you know, the, the infrastructure to push that media down, right? You were going to have the media and you were going to have the distribution facilities to, to, to make it all work. That was your dream three years ago. Not, not this to mention, not like not this to mention was, ad revenue. Not to mention ad, ad revenue. Don't forget, don't forget massive amounts of ad revenue. Of course, but this was the plan not like, oh, you know, 20 years ago, we had this plan and technology changed, you know, well, we bet big on broadcast TV and then, you know, whatever streaming came along. No, I mean, this was the plan. <laughs> they consummated the deal three years ago and they've already completely done a 180 degree turn. That raises questions about the competence of management. Who is running the company? And if they make major once in a generation shifts like this, twice in three years, what's next? You know, what, what, is, what is the story here? Like what, who, who's really in charge and, and what are they thinking? They're, they're clearly not communicating this well. Beyond that, you, you also have to ask, okay, the whole point of this merger to begin with was, okay, you know, cellular communications, broadband, all, all that stuff is a commodity business. At the end of the day, it's, AT&T is not materially different than Verizon is not materially different than T-Mobile. Maybe in a particular neighborhood, you may notice a difference in quality, but as a general rule, cell phone service is, it, it's like nickel or copper. Do you really care what mine it came from? It's the same basic element either way, right? It's cell phone service has become a commodity like that. There, there perhaps at one point, there really was a difference in quality. I, I have, I, there, that doesn't exist today. So the only way you can compete in, in that kind of an industry is on price. That means it becomes a race to the bottom. That means margins get crimped. That means what this is not really an attractive company. Sure, you, maybe you buy it for the resized dividend, which is still going to be, we can touch on that later, but the dividend is still going to be okay. But if you were looking for those fat margins, you know, growth, if you're looking for a company that's really going to be relevant, that's not AT&T now. Yeah, the idea here was to, to, to really set AT&T apart, as you said. Uh, you know, they were going to get this massive content library that could spur uh, tons of ideas in terms of what AT&T could do to bundle these services. Uh, and, and if not, maybe make the prices less, at least add more value than their competitors could for the prices they were charging. So it seemed like that at the time, it was a good idea, um, you know, because there was a lot of things going well for Time Warner uh, at the time of this deal. And, and you and I were talking about this 
um, you know, before we, before we jumped on and, and, and started the video uh, about all the things that were going right uh, for HBO, for example. And you mentioned this, this was, I, I think you brought it up, yeah. this is a great point. Um, Game of Thrones. This was, you know, going. Well, and so at the time of the merger, you were looking at peak HBO. You know, the HBO was hitting it out of the park with, uh, with, with fantastic content. You know, the Game of Thrones franchise was probably the biggest television franchise maybe in history. I, mean, I think in order to look at a bigger franchise that would have had more potential, you have to look at the movie, uh, you know, the Star Wars franchise, you have the Marvel superhero franchise maybe James Bond, something like that. You have to look at these elite movie franchises to find anything to even compare. And they blew it. Like HBO really, really screwed up the end of HBO, I'm sorry, the end of uh, Game of Thrones. And they, uh, they made it very, so they had all these plans to have all these spinoffs. It wasn't just going to be the original Game of Thrones. It was going to be like an origin story and a sequel and all these backstories for, you know, there's so many random you know small kind of stories going on there's like this overall theme of game of thrones and all these little side stories going on right they had infinite possibilities to expand those into new shows what happened was they screwed up the ending so badly that people just lost interest and it's not like people just turned their back on it and stormed away and in, in, in a having a hissy fit it's more like your enthusiasm for the show just waned. like you just don't care anymore um i I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think you do. And, and so yeah, the value of that franchise really got eroded. They also effectively bought CNN at the peak because, you know, during the Trump years, media sold because he was a very, uh, he was a lightning rod figure for the left and the right. And, and so that drew ratings, you know, it was sensational. What was the next tweet? What was the next thing he was getting? What was the next controversy? So everybody was, was, glued to the TV or glued to, to CNN.com to see that. And now that we're in a much more calm environment, ratings are down. <laughs> you know, people aren't watching as much news. Like they, they had sort of peak news, you know, fatigue, if you will. And so you do have, you know, clearly AT&T probably paid too much for these assets because they bought them at a time when they were at their absolute peak. But that also raises questions of, hey guys, you paid too much. Um, Okay, we all make mistakes, but you know this idea of you know building out a, a media empire did, did that does that really have to die too? Or so it just that almost just raises more questions. And you know to, to talk about the sequel thing, you know you you notice this in terms of like subscriber count to HBO things like HBO Max compared to something like Disney Plus. Disney Plus has had a very meteoric rise. Uh, since it since its inception, and Disney's a new company now because of it. Yeah, absolutely, Disney and, is and, and they were able company. to weather a lot of the COVID nineteen, uh, you know, parks and recreation stall uh, issues because they had Disney Plus to rely well, on. And, and they movies. started it, Disney was wrecked. You know, their parks were wrecked. Absolutely, the, 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 the movie business was wrecked. Everything was destroyed. Disney Plus completely saved their bacon. Absolutely, and and uh, you know, and I think you have to give credit to uh, you know Lucasfilm. Uh, the Disney arm that has Star Wars, where you've got uh, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, John Favreau, uh, Dave Filoni uh, doing The Mandalorian, coming out at just the perfect time. It was a great series uh, and, and continued on. That pushed subscriptions up. Uh, this franchise, they're starting to build out this, this backstory thing that you were talking about, like with Game of Thrones. This is what HBO wanted to do, was, was exactly what the Star Wars franchise is doing now. The problem is, is HBO didn't execute. 
No. Whereas they, Disney they Plus and, and, and Lucasfilm is. And, uh, you know, the, the, of course, the media landscape has changed. I mean, the, the best years uh, of, of Fox News and CNN, coincidentally, were the same years. I mean, they, they both did well at the exact same time. Uh, and, All and media did. Back, I mean, it was peak media. It was. It was, it was, it was exactly what, um, you know, people wanted to see. They wanted, whether you were left or right, you knew where to go. And that's where you, you were went. glued to that TV. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and this isn't really the only, I, it, it, we can poke at AT&T because mainly because of just the amount of money they spent, uh, cause it was just unbelievable, but I, you know, they're not the only ones who the only cell phone company who has dipped their toe in a water in waters that they really can't navigate. I believe it's, I think it's Verizon, uh, is selling off Yahoo and AOL, uh, to private equity. Um, so, uh, you know, they, they, they bought, they, they bought Yahoo, they bought AOL, although most people nowadays don't even know what AOL are unless you're, you know, old like us. Um, but uh, Yahoo is still a very competent brand, Yahoo Finance, uh, you know, and all the things from there, the Yahoo Mail. Uh, and, 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 and the, the parent company decided it's not, it's too much. We can't do it. We, it's, it's not working for us. And so this it's is very, I mean, AOL, this, so, so, so is not alone. I think AOL seems to be just the the brand killer. AOL actually merged with Time Warner back in the day. Exactly. AOL was maybe it's Time Warner. Maybe they're the curse. I don't know. Maybe there's there's something, some, some something bad is there. Voodoo curse on this thing. I, I don't know. It's, it's 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 because it's Batman. It's Batman's tragic. You that know? that ha- it has to be something along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> now I know you know you wrote about this earlier this week on MoneyMarkets.com. Uh, and, and I know we joke about it, but uh, immediately after this divestiture was announced over the weekend, uh, AT&T also decided to do a, a, a kind of a one-two gut punch uh, and, and say they're going to resize their dividend. And as you aptly pointed out, resizing is just another word for cutting uh, the dividend after the divestiture is complete in 2022. Um, and I guess, you know, should investors seriously look at their AT&T holdings now uh, to possibly sell? Uh, or, or, you know, is this an opportunity for investors who don't own AT&T to jump in? You know, where, where are your thoughts here on AT&T as an investment? I'd let the dust settle before I did anything. Uh, the way I look at it, AT&T post, you know, post divestor, once all the dust settles here, it's going to be a low margin utility, essentially. It's a mobile utility. It's not quite the same as an electric utility because with an electric utility, you're basically tied. It's, it's like basically a protected monopoly. It's a little bit different with with telecom because you can move, but it's essentially not the economics aren't going to be materially different. It's going to be a communications utility with a decent dividend. So if you're looking for something that's just a bond replacement, then perhaps, I don't know, six months, a year from now, AT&T could be interesting just as a very boring, just income focused play at the right price. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't dip my toe in today. I. I, I don't think I would. I, I. would. I would keep my distance for now. Wait and see what happens post divestiture. See where the, the stock price falls. If you can get it at a decent dividend yield at that time, and the dividend looks well supported by cash flows and everything looks stable, then okay. But I would not be in a hurry to catch this falling knife today. Yeah, it's it's it, it's been moving down consistently. I mean, and I mean a drop. This is a the, the stock price has as I don't want to say plummeted because I think it's a little you know uh, that might be a little too dramatic. But uh, you know, this stock was climbing. This thing, this stock was on the rise even with this merger, even with the the potential of this uh, of them overpaying for it. people. It would have been already been priced in that they had possibly it was done. It was a done deal. I, I, it was pretty obvious they had overpaid. 
a year ago. I mean, I, I, it was done, right? And well, then, well, and when, then this when, happens. Well, what, 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 this is the, the deal now. Now, confidence in management has been compromised and you can't really get that back. Well, you can, but it's hard, right? It takes a lot it of take, time. It takes time. And what would they have to do to regain that confidence now? I, I actually don't even know. Um, I guess I'll know it when I see it, but that raises other questions. If you're the board of directors for AT&T, you know, yeah, we, we kind of swung and, and missed here. Like this was bad. We really look like idiots here, you know, betting the farm on this merger only to roll it back three years later. What do you do? Do you fire the executive team and hire new people to, to kind of, you know, reinstill confidence well it is that that can backfire too like exactly. getting rid of all the people running the company <laughs> that that could actually cause an even further decrease in confidence in the short term so I, there's no great short-term move for them right now it, it, at this point it really is just kind of a a longer term wait and see how this shakes out wait for the dust to settle if at that point you're, you still like it as a dividend play okay you probably shouldn't expect a lot of growth here because again, it's going to be a low margin commoditized business. Nothing exciting, nothing groundbreaking. Yeah, 5G, but they all have 5G, who cares? I mean, if exactly. 5G is the standard now, what, whatever. Um, it, it's just not, at the end of the day, they're a utility selling 5G services. The money to be made in 5G is elsewhere. The people making the equipment, who knows? It's, it's not AT&T. Right. So yeah, I think, I think that the play here is sit on your hands, wait it out, if a year from now, six, six months from now, you think it looks like an attractive entry point for you know, just to collect the dividend and be happy with that, then there's nothing wrong with that. But it's, it's not, this is not going to be a growth company maybe ever again. If I'm, if I'm one of the original DOJ lawyers from, from 2016 to 2018, who really pushed this through the federal system to try to get this blocked, then you're I'm doing kinda, the dog I'm, I'm kind of snickering right now. Yep. I'm, I'm kind of snickering right now. I'm not, <laughs> not a full-throated laugh, but I'm kind of, kind of. Kind no, of I'm, I'm thinking you're, you're stroking a Persian cat and laughing like a James Bond <laughs> villain. I mean, like that, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> not me, but yeah, I, I can see that. Um, now, one last thing, uh, you know, one thing that we, it seems to get kind of lost in the shuffle here, uh, there's a, obviously a lot of talk about AT&T and, 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 and this being a bad move and, and, and this, you know, what, what, what does this mean for AT&T? But what gets overlooked is this new spinoff that is going to be Discovery and Warner Media? And I think there's a lot of potential here that I think is being left on the table because not a lot of people are discussing it. And I want to kind of get your take here. Where yeah. do you see things for this new Discovery? Because Discovery Plus has launched. It's actually been fairly successful as, as, a, as a streaming app for Discovery Channel features. Uh, and now you're going to be throwing in Warner Media into that as well. There's, I think there's a lot of potential here that might get overlooked. Yeah, so you have a lot of com competition in streaming now. There's there's obviously the grandfather of them all. There, there's Netflix. Then there's Disney Plus that kind of, you know, came out of nowhere to be a pretty legitimate rival with Netflix now. I mean, if I had to choose between one or the other, I have children, I'm probably going to go with Disney, right? Um, but it would be tough because I like my Netflix too. But, you know, th these are the leaders. You have Amazon streaming product, which is also quite good, that's, that's in the mix. And so then you have kind of the also-rans, like, like, like the CBS streaming which I, I will freely admit I, I, did just, I did subscribe to that because I wanted to watch the Captain Picard show, the new Star Trek spinoff. So uh, feel free to judge me, but it, it was worth the no, five no, bucks if you, or whatever If you it was. bought Paramount Plus because you want to watch Picard, that's fine. No judgment. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, 
uh, where, where does that leave the, this new uh, this new product? So, the, so HBO's streaming platform was a, a mixed bag. It, it did not. I mean, it, it grew. I mean, it had it had a subscriber base, but I, I don't think it ever really grew as fast as anybody hoped it would. And combining that to make a larger product, you know, why is Netflix so successful? Because it, it's huge. They have massive a massive library. If you literally spent, if you woke up in the morning and did nothing but stream Netflix all day until you passed out from exhaustion at night, you could never get through their entire library. If you lived to be 100 years old, you'd never get through it because even if you thought you got through it, it'd just keep adding more, right? So um, it's an inexhaustible supply of content, which is why it's valuable. There's always something to watch, right? So the more that that this new combined entity is able to replicate that, just have this massive, just you know, just pile of content that um, th that becomes attractive. So, you know, we'll see. You are going to, this is kind of, I don't know, I can't say it's the first step, but th this is obviously a, a big consolidation in some of these also rands and streaming. I think you're going to see more of that. Um, I, you know, I, I think in the end, there's probably going to be two or three big streaming competitors. And that's, and then, you know, these also rands are going to kind of congeal into, in, in, into one of those. And that's that's probably where this goes. So I, I would be interested in seeing um, kind of what this new discovery, um, you know, what that looks like post divesture. I, I might I might be interested in giving that a deeper look for sure. I'm going to leave you with one thought, and it was a thought that I, I I've been kind of stewing on for a little bit in terms of what could be what could be a, a growth model for this potential new company. And I remember reading a few months ago that um, Hollywood Studios had reached an agreement with movie theaters and with apps like Disney uh, or, or, or HBO Max, things like that, to do co-releases of their, of their movies. And, and let's, be let's be clear here. One of the reasons why HBO Max has kind of sagged a little bit is because the movie industry has also sagged a lot since since COVID. Sure. Um, but I think one thing to watch here is if this continues and as Hollywood starts picking up steam, films more movies, more things start coming out, as this co-release model uh, is tested, I just wonder what the growth potential is for something like HBO Max, who has co-released the new Wonder Woman uh, movie. They co-released Mortal Kombat recently. Uh, you know, I think Tenant, uh, which was one of the first movies released after COVID, I think it was co-released on HBO Max. Um, I'd be curious to see if that helps drive up potential subscriptions. I don't know if it's going to do it to a mass amount, but it could be a growth uh, a, a growth provider for HBO Max, thus this new Discovery uh, spinoff. And I, I'll, I'll leave you with that. I may not have conveyed that the way I wanted to, but I just want to think about Well, I, I would that. throw something else in there too. Like there's also the pay-per-view model. Mm -hmm. So if rather than go to the movie theater, now people have kind of gotten more used to, people have gotten out of the habit of going to the movie theater. I mean, I still like the movies. I like to get my popcorn and my Coke and all that. But, uh, you know, now I, that that model, people haven't gone to a movie in over a year now. So they're, they're, they're kind of, they've almost forgotten what it's like, right? So doing the pay-per-view model where you, rather than as part of the, the subscription, but maybe you pay 20 bucks and you get the movie streaming in your house the same time as in the theater, you know, you have a lot of kids or whatever and you, you, you can, your kids can bring their friends over and kind of make it a party. That might be an, an, an interesting model as well. So and we've it's seen some, some it's something to think about. Uh, you know, yeah. Hollywood's going to start picking up steam a little bit, and we're going to start seeing more and more things released. Uh, you know, people I, want so, content. At the end of the day, content absolutely is and still new key. content. 
I mean, it's yeah. fun. It's fun to binge watch old stuff, but new stuff attracts just as much, if not more, uh, than that. So it, it's something to think about, and, and and something that we'll 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 leave off with right there. So Charles, thanks so much for uh, joining us uh, on the weekend edition of the, of the uh, Bull and the Bear podcast. We'll see you again next week as well, I believe. Uh, so uh, looking forward to that. Make sure you do check out our YouTube channel. Uh, if you're listening to this as an audio podcast, go to YouTube.com, search Money Markets, find the green Bull and Bear logo, hit that Bull and Bear logo. Make sure you do subscribe. Uh, and then hit the notification bell. You get notified every time we uh, launch a new video. Uh, we've got several things we have going on now on YouTube. We've got our Ask Adam Anything uh, series. I get to sit down with uh, Chief Investment Strategist Adam O'Dell and ask him just about any question you pose. Uh, and, and it's run the gambit. I've asked about the picture in his office uh, all the way down to should I buy Coinbase? So it's kind of a wide range of things. Also, Charles uh, would be remiss if I did not mention investing with Charles Sizemore. He gives you his take uh, on different stocks, whether they're good investments for you and why they could be good investments or why they're misses and ones you should avoid. And he's got a great insight into that. Uh, a, a great mind from the London School of Economics and Public and, and uh, Political Science right there for you. So uh, he, uh, he definitely has that. That is out every week as well on YouTube. So also leave us a review or comment on YouTube or your favorite podcast syndicator. Love to see your feedback. If you have a question, stock, sector, anything you'd like us to take a look at, email us at thebullandthebear at moneymarkets.com. Love to do that as well. Head over to moneymarkets.com, sign up for our free daily e-letter. Seven days a week, you get uh, safe, sound, smart, simple, profitable investment information delivered to your inbox for free. So coming up, uh, we've got much, much more uh, as we close out this week. Uh, kind of an interesting week on the markets, but uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll broach more of that. Check out moneymarkets.com for our take on all of that. So for Charles Sizemore, uh, I am Money Markets Research Analyst Matt Clark, wishing you all safe trading. You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you. 